0: Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog Podcast. I'm Chad Edgington.
1: And I'm Melissa Edgington.
0: And here we go, day two of Nutty November.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we are doing a series in the month of November about being more connected to each other. 30 days to more... What what is it? Oh, a deeper connection with your marriage.
0: 30 days to a deeper connection with your marriage.
1: We're trying to do this in the morning, so we're not... (laughs) We're not totally awake yet.
0: Yeah, normally we podcast late at night, and and I really don't ever start feeling good until about six o'clock in the evening. So um,
1: let's this, hope our brains are going to work. Yeah, I
0: don't know if our brains are going to work or not. They say your brain is sharper in the morning, but mine doesn't ever feel that way.
1: Mine doesn't either.
0: Um, and I've got this weird thing going on where I can't hear out of my left ear. So I'm broken down today. <laughs> I'm broke down. We're we're podcasting from the kitchen. With its hardwood floors and echoey ceiling, yes. so if it sounds a little weird, that's why. But uh, we'll uh, we'll see what we can jump into here. So today's topic, Melissa, what is it?
1: It is being united in love.
0: Being united in love, and so we're kind of looking at Ephesians 5:25 through 33. I mentioned that a lot of the ideas here, you know, we're that we're talking about come from our marriage. Of course, that's the only marriage I've been involved in is the one to Melissa. Um, I've seen other people's marriages and tried to learn from them. Uh, Also, we're kind of drawing from Richard Baxter, Puritan writer's Christian directory. So, you know, lots of good marital advice from the 17th century. It still seems applicable.
1: It's it's like
0: marriage has not changed.
1: Yeah, it's still really legitimate advice.
0: Yeah, it's really good advice. Today's,
1: Today's topic is is a good one for if if you're not married yet and you're thinking about what should I be considering um, in the person that I'm going to marry, this is a really good one for that. And it's also for those of us who are married, it's just for things for us to strive toward and things for us to work toward in our own marriage. Sometimes once we get into marriage, we're not maybe quite as pleasant as we once were. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today.
0: So Paul writes in Ephesians chapter five in verse 28, he says, he who loves his wife loves himself. Or uh, before that, he says, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. So there's this idea that when you're loving your wife, um, you know, you, you should do that as you love yourself. After all. No one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it. And uh, he compares that to Jesus. And then he says, for we're members of his body for this reason, a man is talking about the unity that believers have with Christ and how the marriage is a reflection of that unity. He says a man, a son, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So this unification, this united one flesh, is kind of the basis for our topic today, to be fully united in love. So what does it mean to have that one flesh relationship, um, to have that that uh, unity, that's that's uh, not mathematical, but it's sort of like the Trinity. It's not a mathematical unity, but there's two people, but they're really one. Right. Sp- we're supposed to be one, united in love for one another.
1: That, that idea of, of <clears throat> loving each other the way you love yourself, I mean, that's a pretty big idea. If you think about the fact that we're constantly, I mean, you know, everybody says we're looking out for number one. <laughs> That really is the way that we live. That's how human beings are. We're always protecting ourselves. We're looking out for ourselves. We're thinking about the best way, you know, for ourselves. Well, so the Bible says that we need to be thinking about our spouse just as much as we think about ourselves. That's a tall order because we think about ourselves a lot. <laughs> yeah.
0: And when something's wrong with ourselves, like when you wake up in the morning and your left ear's not working. <laughs> It messes up your whole day. Yeah. Like I've had a miserable morning because I can't hear. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, you know, I had a cold and I'm trying, I've gotten over the cold, but there's still like lingering drainage. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> Don't say the word drainage on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but there's, there's a lingering, uh, you know, issues. Uh, issues from the cold <laughs> and I'm dealing with those. So... You know, as as you as I deal with that, um, it bothers me. And in the same way, you know, whenever there's issues, when something's broken in your marriage or the relationship is suffering, you know, that should really bother you. Like I got worry about people who can just constantly stay in a state of being mad at their wife yeah. or derogatory to- towards their wife or or whatever it would be.
1: Um, there are couples who. Um who live in a constant state of turmoil. They like it. They, that's just how they communicate. They're
0: normal. Yeah.
1: And that is not God's design for marriage. Mm -mm. I think that a lot of times we accept that and we say, Oh, that's just how they are with each other. But that is not, I mean, you're not getting the full benefits of marriage. If that's how you're living.
0: If your body is fighting itself, like that's a major, that's like cancer. Yeah. And so, and so many relationships are cancerous. Um, you know, when you've got a broken, remember I had a broken ankle that you broke that time. Um, and I remember when I had the broken ankle, you know, that it, it was, that's all I could think of.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, something had to be done. It had to be put into a boot or a splint or something had to be done. And there was nothing else that could happen. Like I didn't break my ankle and think, tell you what, I'm going to go to work for a few hours. I'll come back and we can go to the emergency room. Like immediately you have to take care of it right. in a marriage it should be the same way um, that you, we, our love should be uh, so, in our and our lives should be so unified that even if there was an hour that we were out of joint like a bone out of joint, uh, there would be no comfort no no ability to do anything else to go to work or to think about anything else or um you know, I remember there was a, a while back, I don't remember what we were upset about. You know, that's the funny thing about, about getting upset with each other is that for like a month, you can't remember what you were upset about.
1: Right.
0: But it was like something we were upset about right before a funeral. Remember that?
1: It was right before a wedding.
0: Oh, it was over for a wedding. That's yeah. even, that's even <laughs> better. even worse. <laughs> <laughs> and we were fighting and I'm like, I've got, I've got to do this wedding and I got to go talk about being married and we're fighting. <laughs> We're like, we got to fix this. We got to fix this. And we're like <laughs> trying to fix our marriage in 10 minutes. But like I knew we couldn't go. Out, I couldn't go out there and concentrate if we were mad at each other. Yeah. You know, and feel like a big hypocrite telling them, it's so important that you never fight. And I'm like, you're mad at you. So, you know, I guess, did we work it out? Oh, I
1: mean, we did. Yeah. yeah. But you know, if, if you are in a marriage where you're oh. upset with each other all the time and there's always fighting and there's always strife between you and you've gotten to the point that it doesn't bother you anymore... That's a problem. You know, you really need to seek to figure out what's going on in your marriage. It should bother you. It should, you know, when Chad and I are upset with each other, it is really hard for us to focus on other things. That's one reason why we don't fight often because we hate it so much. It, when there's disharmony between us, it's just, it's miserable. Yeah, And and I think if you fight too much, then you get to where you're used to that feeling and it doesn't bother you anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's not the way that, that you need to be living if that's the state of your marriage.
0: Yeah. So what are some things? Let's go through some things that I guess we've got. Let's see. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things. Um, and then I didn't write that very well. So I've got seven things here that are sort of... Um, ways that you can either look for in a potential spouse or ways that you might could try to be as a spouse that will promote that that type of unity. So you right. want to handle number one there?
1: Okay, so <clears throat> number one is marry somebody who is pleasant. <laughs> you know, I'm always telling Sawyer because I worry about him, you know, because he's my boy. I always say, Sawyer... When you find yourself a girl, when you decide you're going to get married, just make sure that you marry somebody who's kind to you. <clears throat> don't yeah. marry somebody who treats you mean, because that'll make you miserable.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's just face it. I mean, there's people out there that nobody wants to be around, and I don't know why people marry them, but they do. Yeah. And that would be so hard to be married to the to a person. And maybe you'd say, well, you know, nobody else likes them, but we get along great. I guess that's, I guess that's okay. Yeah. But... You want to marry somebody that's friendly, and marry someone that's pleasant to be around. Uh, and if they're not pleasant, if you know, if you take somebody home and everybody's like, "Gosh, what a grump!" Yeah, you know that that might that Red might fly. tell you, Red yeah, fly. because everybody's on their best behavior when they're when they're in love and engaged and about to get married. And maybe you've gotten married and you've become a grump. You've become someone that's not friendly and that's not outgoing. That's a, that's a, those are that's a just a, you're a bad person. <laughs> You know, I mean, nobody wants to be around somebody He's that's talking
1: to husbands. He's, yeah, talking, Chad's hard on husbands.
0: I'm far, yeah, and, and so like it's real easy as a husband to get in this zone where you don't want to go anywhere, you don't want to do anything. You and you no, know, I get there too. We all get there. We're tired. We're, we're tired from work, and you've got to just sort of suck it up because you're a, a sissy, and you've got to just say, you know what? I'm going to try to go to this and be pleasant. I'm not good at that. When I'm in a bad, I'm just I'm real, y'all. I'm just too real, y'all. <laughs> And I don't feel good. I don't feel like doing stuff. But you just gotta suck it up. And I, I try. I've tried to get better at doing that, just to be more friendly and more pleasant. And yeah, m- just not think to make about trouble. you
1: know that. Think about the idea. Would you want to come home to you? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, be the kind of spouse that your husband or wife looks forward to coming home to. That they know it's not going to be a battle. They know it's not going to be unpleasant. Be someone who is kind. I mean, at least treat your spouse as well as you treat an acquaintance that you see during the day. Yeah. I mean, just or, or, or be, the opposite. be nice, be friendly. Like, don't,
0: don't, would someone want you to come home? Or exactly. is it better when you're gone?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, is it, but do the kids think, oh no, daddy's home and here comes all the trouble? Yeah. Because that, that would be terrible. Um,
1: number two.
0: Number two, make sure that you can completely love the person. Uh, mentally, sexually, um, <laughs> spiritually. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, there's a lot of different um, facets to a human being. And you might enjoy one aspect of of somebody, uh, but, you know, it's important not to just have ordinary feelings for someone and then marry them.
1: Right. You know, There, there
0: is got to be some chemistry.
1: There are lots of different areas of compatibility when you're considering who you're going to marry. Of course, this falls more under the premarital ideas. But you want to make sure that not only are you intellectually stimulated by the person, you have things to talk about and you enjoy talking to each other, you are sexually attracted to the person, and that you have spiritual compatibility are they faithful in following Christ? Do you have the same kinds of doctrines and ideas? Do you have the same ideas about raising children and what kind of family that you want to have? These are all important things to consider. And you don't want compatibility in one area and not in other areas. The happiest marriages, I think, are the ones where you have a well-rounded compatibility yeah, with the person. Yeah,
0: and people make huge mistakes in this area when they are choosing a spouse. And they'll, you know, when I say when I say mental compatibility, uh, you know, you could kind of think of that in two different ways. One, it's kind of important that you think alike. I, I think we think alike. We meaning that we have the same view of things and the same va- values.
1: Well, it cuts down on part. a lot of conflict and strife. <clears throat> yeah. There, there are, there are much harder ways to go into marriage and much easier ways to go into marriage.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, and, and that's, you know, we didn't do, we didn't have the, you know, we had a strange courtship and, um, and that we were separated by like all these miles. Mm-hmm. We had like an email relationship. That
1: was before cell phones.
0: Yeah. That's how so, old
1: we are y'all.
0: I don't know. It was 10, <laughs> it was 10 cents a minute to talk. So we didn't talk that much, but email was free. Yeah. And so we emailed a lot but we did this book where as part of our sort of as Scott Bryant or the guy that married us kind of wanted us to work through a book or maybe you bought that book I don't remember what the deal was but it had all these questions like how would you handle this what would you do about this and what would you do about this and we had some disagreements I remember like the I remember the day you broke it to me that you didn't plan, plan to have a job <laughs> <laughs> and I was like what you're like, well, I want to stay home with the kids. I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> and I, but your your mother had stayed home. My mother worked, and so we were coming from a little that that doesn't seem like that's that big of a deal for say to say. Well, I grew up in a home where the mom worked. I grew up in a home where the mom only worked in the home, mm-hmm. and your mom did work. I think at the at your school when you were older, mm-hmm. but as you were growing up, when the kids were younger. Uh, or when when you and your brother were younger, your mom stayed home with you. You wouldn't think that that could create in in the mind um, different expectations of how a household would be run, right? But it really did, right? And so I just I just step back and say, okay, okay, and then uh, you know consider that while you're you're losing out on income potential, is there a trade off there? Because some people would say. Hey, you know, I, I just can't, some people might say I would not be able to handle having my wife work. In my mind, I was thinking, well, how how can we handle that much income potential and just not having it?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What's the trade off? Is it worth it? I didn't know until we did this that I think, um, having you stay home was a great decision. Yeah. You know, that's not a decision everybody can make, you Mm -hmm. know, because maybe someone has, maybe you've married someone who didn't get a degree and their earning their earning capacity is way lower right. and so you're both going to have to work just to make fifty thousand dollars a year
1: and some and some some women would prefer to work and, and that works for their families
0: they're they're why you know they're wired a different way maybe but you want to stay at home wife who's going to homeschool the kids and that's not what you're marrying
1: right these mm. are important things to think about
0: yeah And that, that's, so, so sometimes if you're, if you're trying, if you've got a marriage and you're thinking, man, we are, we're a total mess. We don't, well, maybe go back and say, okay, were there, were there things that I would, are, are, you know, the, the, the famous line from Jay Beerley. I don't know where he got it from, was, uh, unexpressed, unexpressed expectations lead to frustrations and there's expectations that you might have had in in, about your marriage that have gone unfulfilled Mm -hmm. well here you've got all these expectations that have gone unfulfilled and and you're frustrated but you know this was your choice yeah but what do
1: you do about it now
0: well I think you have to communicate and you I think you have to go through those expectations and maybe you know there there's something about letting things go yeah. Like you thought, hey, it's gonna be this certain way and it's not this way. it's not going to be that way. And mm-hmm. some people they'll just kind of default react like well, we're not compatible and we're going to have to we're gonna to have to get a divorce and you know that well that's not an option for a mm-hmm. Christian uh, and, except in very extreme circumstances right. uh, for, for you know our marriages end in death and so you you signed up for this for the rest of your life and maybe you did that when you were stupid. Maybe you've gotten saved. In the meantime, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's different things. Well, if uh, and and I'll uh, um, you know say when we look at this second qualification or whatever you'd call it, make sure you can completely love the person. You might be sitting there saying, you know what, I don't love them at all. I don't. It's not just I don't completely love them. I think I might hate my wife. Yeah. You know. Then what do you do? Okay, you've got a major spiritual problem, and you need. <laughs> You need pastoral help. First thing I would do if I were you is I would find a church that teaches the Bible, and I would go there with my wife every Sunday, mm-hmm. especially if you're the man. Okay? Uh, I, would, I would say, let's go to church because your help is going to come from God. All right. And these sort of these outposts of God's kingdom are the churches that are teaching the Bible that it's the absolute authority and inerrant word of God. Find one of those churches with a pastor that you can relate to a little bit and that you feel like you could talk with go listen to him preach Mm -hmm. go to a go to a bible study class get yourself under the teaching of god's word so god's words will get into your mind and then you need to pray and your prayer needs to be lord i don't i don't love this woman you know my heart i can't fool you as to how i i need you to change my heart Mm -hmm. and see that the great thing about god is he's in the heart changing business yeah and so whenever he uh steps into your life he can totally transform every every part of your being even that 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 part of your marriage where where you're thinking i don't love her he can change that and we've known people that that's happened to yeah. where where their marriage has been totally revolutionized but that's not going to happen apart from the saving work of jesus christ and the transformative work of the holy spirit in your life mm-hmm. so tell you what we've still got five more of these to go and we're going to do that in part two and so we'll cover being fully united in love, the last uh, five aspects of that tomorrow. Any parting words before we let them go? What's your action commitment for our, uh, for our first two qualifications here?
1: I would say if you're, if you're in a marriage right now where you're thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't marry an amiable, friendly person, and I don't feel that I completely love them. <laughs> um. We understand your your terror right now because we've been in counsel, counseling situations with people who felt exactly that way. And there've been
0: times where you haven't liked me, I'm sure. Who
1: felt like <laughs> who felt like we've made a huge mistake and we don't see a way out of this. Yeah. Just know that there's always hope for your marriage. There's always hope. You are only responsible for yourself. You cannot change your spouse and you can't uh, control them. You can't make them act a certain way, but if you will pray and ask the Lord to change you, to change your heart, to change the way you feel about your spouse, to change your perspective on things, he will be faithful. He will hear your prayers and he'll help you figure this out. Yeah. So don't give up hope.
0: Yes. I, I think the the task there is just to turn to God with this issue Yeah, and let him give you that heart that will want to fully embrace your spouse.
1: And if you're on the cusp of being married or you're looking for a spouse right now, take these ideas to heart. There are hard ways to get married and there are easier ways to get married. No marriage is easy, but there are easier marriages than others. Yeah. And if you really consider these areas of compatibility and what kind of person you're really marrying, don't marry someone thinking, oh, I'll change them. I'll make them into what I want. It doesn't happen.
0: No, it doesn't. And, and I'm living testimony to that, right? You've been trying for 20 years now. Man, I, I, I still have to be reminded to wash my feet. All right. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.